The Bible tells us in several places that we are supposed to be imitators of Christ. And of course we know that we're not going to be really good at it all the time, but we are supposed to make that effort. In fact, listen to 1 John 2, 6. It says, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So today we want to look at what it takes for us to be like Christ. Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. So I want to consider the first four verses in Philippians chapter two. In the next five verses, it tells us about Jesus becoming a man, laying himself down, becoming lower than the angels, humbling himself and putting other people's interest above his own. And for us to be like him, we have these first four verses. So it says in verse one of Philippians chapter two, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the spirit, or any affection in mercy. So what Paul does, first of all, to talk about us being like Christ is give us four things that are true. And then he says, if these are true, then be like this. So let's look at all four of those individually. He says, first of all, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, the word for consolation is encouragement. Sometimes we can become discouraged. It's just part of life. We feel down. We feel like we can't go on anymore. We feel like we want to quit but Christ comes in and encourages us. And if you've ever had that experience where one day you feel like you want to quit, but something happens and it lifts you up and suddenly you're ready to go again. That's the work of Christ. He also says any comfort of love. I think this would be comfort in God's love, but also comfort in loving one another that when we really walk in love, there's a true comfort that is there. And then he says any fellowship of the spirit. The word for fellowship here is the word koinonia, which could mean partnership. There is a real partnership with the spirit, God's spirit, our spirit, us working with God's spirit to do the work that God's called us to do. And then he says, any affection of mercy, that we would give mercy and be affectionate in the midst of that. And these four things are true statements. And then he says this, therefore, because of these four statements, fulfill my job by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Now, this is important because it's telling us that there are central things in Christianity. And you might believe something that is different than what I believe, but if we believe those central issues that are not main issues, then we can be in one accord. And anybody can be in one accord, in one mind, uh, if they agree on everything. But it's when you disagree on some things, but you say, these are so important that I love you and I love being in fellowship with you and I truly, really want to be one mind with you. He goes on to say in verse three, then let nothing be done by selfish ambition, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. So the first thing that we're told, and this is about being like Christ is that we are to do nothing through selfish ambition. This is difficult because in our world, Everything is about selfish ambition. You want to become somebody. You want to make your mark. You want to do what you want to do. But in God's word, we're supposed to be living for other people. And rather than exalting ourselves, we would let God exalt us for his glory. And it becomes very powerful. You remember that the disciples dealt with selfish ambition as well. 
They talked about which one of them was going to be the greatest all the way up until when they were walking to the garden in Gethsemane. And I love that Jesus didn't rebuke them for that. But what Jesus did do is redirect them. He said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, then learn to be a servant of all. Of course, Jesus is the servant king. And so he was telling us to be like him. The first thing that we want to do to be like Christ is to evaluate what is our ambition? What are we hoping for? And instead of being a selfish ambition, let it be an ambition for God. There's a song by Michael W. Smith, which is an older song, but the the bridge of the song goes like this. Nobody knew his secret ambition. Nobody knew his claim to fame. He broke the old rules steeped in tradition. He tore the holy veil away, questioning those in powerful positions, running to those who called his name, but nobody knew his secret ambition was to give his life away. So then rather than having a selfish ambition, Jesus had a secret ambition that he was going to die for our sins. We should have a secret ambition that God would be glorified in us instead of a selfish ambition. This is a way that we can be like Christ. The second thing it says there is conceit. Don't let anything be done by selfish ambition or conceit. And conceit is pride. It's been pointed out that you are never more like the devil than when you have pride because Satan fell because he was prideful and wanted to exalt his throne above the throne of God. The Bible tells us a lot about pride. Let me just look at a few of them. Number one, self-exhortation does the opposite. You try to exalt yourself, but in the spirit, something else is happening. Listen to what it says in Luke 14, 11. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. These passages tell us that if we try to exalt ourselves, we're going to be brought down. But if we humble ourselves, then God will exalt us. The second thing is that humility is one of the things required by God. God requires humility. Micah 6.8 says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That is, that you would treat people right, do justly, that you would love mercy, you'd be merciful towards people, and you would walk humbly with your God. That is required. Psalms 25, 9 says, The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his ways. God speaks to those who are humble. When we humble ourselves and admit what we don't know and we look to God for the answers, God reveals himself to us. When we're arrogant, like we've got all the answers, then God's not revealing the truth to us. And if you really are on a truth quest or you're seeking God, then you want to humble yourself to receive from him. The fourth thing the Bible tells us about conceit or pride is that it comes before destruction. This is Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. So before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. Pride goes before the fall, but before honor is humility. What a great lesson for us to not do anything out of conceit. If anybody could have been prideful, it was Jesus, but he humbled himself, and he took on this approachable aspect to him. One more, and this I mentioned earlier, that you are never more like Satan than when you are prideful. Listen to what it says about him in Isaiah 14, 13 and 14. 
For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit at the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. We want to be like Christ and nothing like Satan who wanted to exalt himself, who had nothing but selfish ambition and conceit and pride. And because of that, he fell. And God says in verse 12 of Isaiah 14, how you have fallen, O son of the morning. He's mocking him. He wanted to be the morning star. He wanted to be Venus. But he says, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star. Two other things our text tells us, and that is, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. The Bible says that we shouldn't think more of ourselves than we ought to. And when we think of other people as being better than us, we are so opposite of the world. It's like when you walk into a room and your attitude is, here I am. Or you walk into the room and your attitude would be, there you are. You're pointing to someone else. You're living in such a way that you are esteeming others better than yourself. And then verse four says this, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And that's exactly what Jesus did. It's not that your interests aren't important, but it's that Jesus lived his life putting other people's interests above his. And when we are like him, we will do the same thing. And in doing so, we will be like Christ. Now, there are many other ways that we want to walk like Christ walked, but this is one of the major ones. And if we really want to be like Christ, we're going to have to get a handle on selfish ambition, on pride, and on putting other people's interests above our own interests. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.